This is the leader of peace, and you're on the Archer app, and I'm with the Gamma Brothers Show, and I'd like to thank you for taking out a moment of your time and listening to us, and I'd like to thank you for downloading the app, and hey, you can do this as well. This is a podcast show, and you can have your own show, so stand up on your own platform, but while you're doing that, give us a listen at Gamble Bros, and we love and we appreciate all our G Nation fans out there. doing here tonight out there in G land this is the gamble brothers show and once again i'm your host leader of peace and it's about midnight saturday night and i'm finna tell you another great story this one is one of a of a strange friendship y'all would say This one's uh, about two teenage boys. The strangest story ever told from London. The story so told so strange they when they put it out they had to change the names of everybody. So buckle up, get ready. Here's another one from your favorite cowboy, Leader of Peace. Well, this story starts off in the great town of London. And we got two fellows by the name of John and Tom. No, I think his name was Mark. Well, these two fellows was on the chat line. They don't even know each other. But we'll get to them later. Mark was on the chat line just... New to things. He's a teenager. He's just getting to know everything. He's getting online, having fun. Don't have many friends. You know how them guys are. And he meets this girl online named Rachel. Well, Rachel has a pretty picture up there. And, you know, he's all bedazzled about her. And then she says, uh, hey, I, I, got a, I met another dude on here by the name of John. I think you two would get along just great. I think you should meet him. Well, Mark says, fine, I'll meet him. They get they get online, they talk, they like each other. Now, they go on for a couple months like this, the three of them. They even start their own private little section on the chat line they own. And then, you know, out of nowhere. Another somebody comes on a chat line named Kevin. Kevin types in all bold pink letters. It's kind of strange. Kevin says, I'm a stalker. And I'm I'm following you guys. 
but you know they're teenagers. They just figure this guy just saying that so he can get get a rile up out of them. So they pay him no mind. Now Mark is still smitten with Rachel. Rachel sent him a picture of her, and boy, Mark is just so in love with her. So Rachel sets up a time and date where they can go meet each other. Oh. Mark chickens out. He don't meet her. Now this goes on about two or three more times. Then Mark says, hey, why don't you come meet me? Rachel says, sure. But Rachel never shows up. And it goes on with them two like that for a while. And they just say, hey, we'll just have a relationship online. And Mark is just fine with that. But one day, Mark gets online. He don't see Rachel nowhere. I'm like, where the hell is Rachel? And no one else online seen her neither. He texts John. John and say, I ain't seen her neither. Oh, pops a message from Kevin. Kevin said, I told you fellas I was a stalker. And I got Rachel. Now what I need you to do is send me a picture of your feet. Because I have a foot fetish. Now, in my adult mind, I say to myself, you already got Rachel. You already got you a pair of feet to look at. That's not yours. But Mark, in his head, if he can end it right then, right now, with a little screenshot of his feet, he's going to do that for him. So he does it. And Kevin tells him that great job. I'm releasing Rachel now. So he talked to Rachel. Rachel tells him, I should have told you about the stalker and all sorts. I want to meet you and give you a hug and apologize for the things you had to go through. Me, I'm like, we should call the police immediately. You know what this fellow looked like. He probably going to grab you again. But these are teenagers. They are not thinking like that. And they, Mark didn't even tell his mommy what's going on. So, they continue on for a while, and one day, Mark don't see Rachel on the line no more. He he immediately assumed the worst, and there's rumors on the chat line that Rachel's been kidnapped by Kevin or even brutally murdered by Kevin. Now, Mark keep his mouth completely fucking shut. He don't say nothing for months. Um, he's kind of depressed about it. He don't know what to say. He feels like he's to blame. If he would have went to the law a little earlier, maybe he would have saved a life. But then again, he never met her in real in reality in the first place. So I guess he's just trying to move on. But his buddy John is trying to see him through it, you know, trying to be there for him. Then eventually Kevin keeps going on the chat line because he's so goddamn depressed. 
and he meets another lady on the line. She says she's 49 years old, has two kids of her own. Now, mind you, Mark comes from a, a broken home. Daddy left him when he was a baby. Don't know no better. So, he, uh, he falls head hidden in love again with a stranger he never met online. She says she's some type of Asian-American, but she works for the London uh, security police officers. And she says to him that you, if you want to be an agent, I can make that happen for you. He was like, well, I don't really want to be a secret agent, you know. But then she tells him all the perks about being an agent and how much money he could make. And they could run away together and live the life of secret agent, you know. And she got them all heads and tails. She got them good. She tells him even that his friend, John, it's not even really John. He's uh, His name is James. He's tied to this vault that's in the middle of the base of the ocean that only he can open with his body. Now, mind you, these are teenagers. Why would the hell would the Queen of London put a vault in the middle of the ocean only that he can open? But mind you again that these are children. But they goes on with the story. Mark buys it, hook, line, and sinker, of course, because he's depressed, he's down. He needs something to fill that void. And being a secret agent, oh, that damn show sells it, don't it? It fills that gap mighty wide. So he believing that his buddy John is really this prince, and he's very important, and he owes all, he got all this money in the middle of the ocean that only he can open up. With his body scan. Now. The boy. Is going to do a couple things. The, the older lady. Opposedly says. Look. We need you. Before I can make you an agent. You have to go do these trials. He said okay. I'm willing to prove. That I'm ready to be an agent. For London. So. She says, our first mission you got is you got to convince your buddy, John, that you need to be with him all day. You're going to be like his bodyguard, but he don't need to know that he's your bodyguard. He got a dentist appointment, and I need you to walk up and guard him all the way there and go all the way home with him. He said, I got you. So, he does as he's told. He followed John all the way from school. He set it up. He calls him. John said, yeah, come on, man. I got a dentist appointment. He said, fine, perfectly. I'll just go there with you. John's like, yeah, I can use the company. They go down to the dentist. He follow him home, gets him home safely. He gets online, tells the lady, her name, let's just call her Rose. He said, Rose, I got it. I did a mission. Rose said, I know my agents was watching you. Rose tell them what, what they was wearing and everything, what the name of the building. He hooked line a sinker. Now, 
Rose tells uh, Matt Mark that I need you to kill John because John has a brain tumor and he's going to die anyway. And if the wrong people get a hold of his corpse, they're going to open that vault and the country go flat broke. Well, now Mark's in the dilemma. He got to kill his best friend. He just lost a friend earlier, his girlfriend, Rachel. Sad predicament we're in. Now, that's what I call a real entanglement. But we're finna get through the real juicy part. Now, Rose tell him he need to buy a knife. He need to make it quick. Now, if we aboard this mission, Rose told him, you're gonna hear the code word 6969. And your agent number is 4357. So he's out there, he got his agent number, and he remembered a number if it goes down wrong to south to here for 6969. And Rose tell him that when you commit the murder, I'll be the leading officer on the scene and you won't see a day in jail. I promise you. Well, old Mark goes down to meet John. He sets it up. He turns John around and says, I'm sorry, my friend. I love you. And he begins to stab him. Stab him once, right in the stomach. Cock. Hit him one more time just to make sure. Mm. He let the body hit the ground. He tossed the knife somewhere. He sat there and watched John black out. John said, man, why he was stabbing me? You're killing me, man. You're killing me. Mark said, I know, and I'm sorry. Mark stood there and waited till he thought John was dead. Then he called the police, told the 911 operator that uh, someone ran up on him and robbed him and stabbed his friend. Police get there, paramedics get there. He's asking the police officers, where's Rose? Where's Rose? Police officers say, I don't know what the hell you're talking about, son. There's no Rose in this department. Mark sitting back kind of quiet. Don't know what the fuck going on. Amazingly, the ambulance bring John ass back from the dead. Uh-oh. We have a problem, Houston. My cover's about to be blown. I'm never going to meet the Queen of England. I'm not going to get my agent's badge. And where the hell is Rose? Well, John, amazingly, when he wakes up, he tells the police officers, Mark is the one who stabbed me, sir. But it's not really Mark's fault. No, 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 no. Ladies and gentlemen, we have the worst story of catfish ever. <laughs> Come to find out, John has been Kevin. He was the other girl as well. I can't remember the name. She wasn't even fucking real. 
He was all the people even in the chat room. He had police find out he had over a hundred accounts in that chat room alone, typing his little heart out. He even was even rose at one point. He signed up for his own killing. Yep, John was all the people that play yourself for Mark. He wrote all this shit up. He was, he seen Mark Pitcher in the chat room and fell in love with him. And he knew the only way to get his attention was to get this girl Pitcher that he never met and post it in the chat room and start a conversation that way. That's why she brought up that I knew this great guy named John and you two should meet. And he got jealous at their relationship that Mark was in love with the girl that he made up more than him. So he came up with Kevin and killed her off. Did he notice how depressed Mark was? So John came up with another character, Rose, the secret agent, to make him a secret agent. And yes, he was the one who set up Mark to kill him. Only thing I'm wondering is why didn't he use the secret number? 69, 69, this is going wrong. He said he couldn't face the truth. Couldn't tell Mark what really on his mind. And that's the weirdest case. And that is an entanglement with a blade at the end of it. That's a crazy story, isn't it? I never thought that, that that's the worst catfish I ever heard. And I, when I heard that story, I had to immediately come back to tell my people. Watch your children, man. Watch your children. You don't know what they're doing with them little gadgets. He could be setting his own ass up for a killing. This has been the leader of peace. And I'm glad I've been able to bring this story to y'all. And I want y'all to have a blessed day and stay off them damn internets. And like, don't stay off the internet. That's silly. But, you know, make better decisions. It's all about your personal choice. Y'all have a good night. Snuggle up. Live right. And I'm out. This is Leader of Peace. Gamble Bros. Show. I want y'all to stay tuned and listen again. I'll be back. Love ya.